The Jake Podcast is brought to you by MVI Home Care. Their primary concern is your health and well-being. MVI is built on integrity, respect, communication, confidentiality, and teamwork. They are committed to providing comprehensive, high-quality home health, hospice, and infusion therapy services in a safe, responsible, and cost-effective manner. Their goals and yours are the same. Your care and well-being are their primary focus. You could always speak your mind. You work so hard to say what's right. I watch you do it all the time. And when I called you on the phone, you said that I could be the one. But here I'm standing on and on. And you're out lying in the sun. back to the Jake podcast. A little bit of a different intro there going with the Monroe's What Do All the People Know? And uh, picking that song for a particular reason because I'm going to be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers a little bit right now. And I chose What Do All the People Know? because well, everybody has an opinion and so do I. And it's important to just Always keep that in check, keep that in mind when you're looking at these things. If you haven't heard, Warriors, Golden State, beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games in you know what was somewhat less dramatic fashion than we've seen the last couple finals. And I'm a big Cleveland Cavaliers fan. I'm a big Cleveland Everything fan. My dad is from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, he is a big Browns, Indians fan above all, but, you know, Cavaliers are also from Cleveland, so we've supported the Cavaliers as well, and uh, I'm a, I've am been a big Cleveland sports fan my entire life, so, you know, before people start saying I'm, I'm jumping on a bandwagon or anything like that, just know a little bit about me, and that I'm Cleveland everything. But, the, the Cavs, it was a frustrating series because there were a couple things you noticed that really bothered me and you know I watch so I can learn you know I don't just watch because I'm a big NBA fan I'm not really a big NBA fan um, I like the Cavaliers if there wasn't a team in Cleveland I probably wouldn't really watch that much NBA I just don't love the league all that much and uh, I could do without a lot of the dramatics LeBron James is quite a dramatic guy, and that's, you know, he's allowed to do that. This is his life, and everything's under a microscope, so it can be a little frustrating at times, you know, watching that happen, and then everyone wants to hate on him. And I used to be a LeBron hater, but, you know, he's the best player on the Cle- in, in Cleveland. Um, for that reason, I wanted him to come back after he left and win a title here, because that's what he wanted to do, and if he could do that, I was going to say, all right, then then we're good. Beef is squashed because that's how big we want to win 
You know, he spurned the Cavs back in 2010. And I was, like, leading the charge of the LeBron hate. And that's a lot of hate that still exists from other people. But I dropped it because I want to win. And he want wanted to not be the bad guy and wanted to come back and do it for the hometown. So, I, you know, I bought on board. A lot of people stayed on the hate train. I did not. But... You know, a lot of the things he does, you know, the, the water bottle flipping, I don't really care about that. I thought it was whatever. You know, a lot of the quotes he says, a lot of, you know, like, oh, we need a playmaker and, you know, we need to do this and we're not, you know, gelling or you got to, you know, fit in, not stick out. A lot of it's a lot of drama that I could do without. I'm not in support of that. So, you know, a lot of people come at me on Twitter or Facebook or you know, this podcast or whatever, and say, oh, you know, oh, you support the Cavs. You know, I'm just a Cavs fan, right? Like, I'm not this LeBron truther or anything like that. I'm just a Cavs fan. They're my team, and I'm going to – I stuck with them when LeBron left, and they lost 27 games in a row, and I was the guy saying, you know what? If Alonzo G can play just as good defense as LeBron James, you know, they're still a playoff team. Like, they still have the same roster. I'm like, that was me. I was that idiot. So, you know, just think about that when people call me a front runner. But what did we learn, right? You know, I, I, I was saying before, I, I watch the Cavs and I watch these games because I want to learn about the series. I want to learn about the team and everything because I don't really care for other people's opinions. I used to. I used to really buy into all that you know, the Colin Cowherd stuff and, and, you know, whether it's like Nick Wright or any of the talking heads on ESPN or any, you know, blogger, writer, anywhere, everyone's got an opinion and it's just, it's just not for me. You know, I, I used to take so much into it. I used to listen to Mike and Mike every morning. I still listen to part of my take sometimes, but they are the most frustrating guys if you're really trying to get sports knowledge in there. Uh, if you're just doing it for comedy, it's great, but... Sports knowledge, I'm, I'm not a big fan of them for. And I just, I, I try to stay away from that because it's just not for me. I just don't care. I don't want to give my opinion on the Cavs because, you know, even though everyone asks, I'm trying not to get into debates because this is my team. This is who I watch. I'm just a fan of them, you know, and, and I'm always going to pick them. I picked them in seven. I thought they could do it. It didn't happen. They lost in five. And a lot of people looking at that is a very dramatic difference. And to be honest, I don't really see it as that big of a difference. You know, you say, oh my God, Jake. Like, it's like, well, calm down. Let's let's go back for a second. They should have won game three. Now, and I know shoulda and woulda and coulda really don't matter in this. But if they had held on, and that's another, a big if. If ifs and buts are candy and nuts every day would be Christmas. I get that. If they were able to hold on, you know, like, that, that it's a different series and because they played so well in game four I always thought it was going to be three two warriors after five games and the ways that they played in game three and five and still and played so well for pretty good portions of the, both those games and then went oh and two I I would have been like wow okay that's where it was lost but if it was three and two after five and it made it to game six in Cleveland I would have had confidence in them winning game six. And then once it gets to game seven, then you know what? It's anyone's game. And if it was a game seven loss, 
you know, it's a toss-up at that point to me. The, both teams are really good. The Golden State Warriors were the best team in the NBA. They were the best team last year, but they got upset in unbelievably dramatic fashion, and it was awesome for all Cleveland fans and anyone that likes to watch comebacks or things that quote unquote can't happen. You know, a lot of people said it was over. You know, after two games, you know, people were asking me, oh, you know, should they have not signed Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love? You know, to these big extensions because they're never going to be able to beat this team with this team. And it's like, oh, I didn't think like that at all. I thought, just play at home. Play at home, play well. And they were able to win some games at home and then win game seven on the road. So, you know, it's everyone is really quick to jump to it's over, it's over. This is what it's going to be like forever. And those dynasties rarely just pop up like that. I know this is a special team. They won 73 games last year. They're the best team in the NBA the last three seasons by a pretty wide margin. But you never know. You know things happen. Injuries happen. Uh, players leave. Players come and go. Players get worse. It, it, you know, things change. But this team was the best team last year. And they added Kevin Durant and lost Harrison Barnes. The, you know, the greatest substitution ever. So for them to win in five, it's like, yeah, okay, it was the best team. But I actually believe Dan Gilbert and Coach Lou when they say that they're not far behind because I don't think they are. I think they need to make some moves. I think they really need to bolster their bench. Their bench didn't give them anything. It was pretty clear that Darren Williams and Kyle Korver were playing in their first NBA Finals. Like, they were just not very helpful in the NBA Finals. Maybe they'll change next year. Maybe neither of them are back. I'm pretty sure they're both free agents. So, you know, they might go a completely different direction. They might trade Kevin Love, which, like, as much as I've really liked Kevin Love and I'm always going to be a truther about that trade being a win because they won an NBA championship, okay, yep, like, that's fine. But it might be time to move, you know, him or Tristan Thompson because you're not going to be playing them late in the games. You're going to need guards. You're going to need shooters, and you're going to need floor spacers. And as much as Kevin Love does, you know, space the floor, you need a big guy down there too. So are you going to have two big guys on defense, you know, late in these games when Kevin Durant's the four and Draymond Green's the five? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, they they might need to make a move. I don't, I don't think they're going to get Paul George. I think that would be the best trade possible if they, you know, can – get him and be fairly confident that he would stay in Cleveland because, you know, if Paul George leaves and then LeBron's eye and also free agency, that opens up a whole new problem. Um, if he were to leave again, I wouldn't be nearly this, uh, you know, as upset as I was the first time because, you know, he came back and he won. So I don't, I'm not going to put my foot on the gas of the, you know, oh, he's leaving car, but you know, it's it's everyone's it's what everyone's talking about right now. But what did we learn from the NBA Finals, right? You know, what did we there are a few things I wanted to pick up on. What did I learned about the Cavs, what did I learned about the Warriors, what did I learned about the fans, and what did I learned about myself. With the Cavs, you know, we learned that they're still the best team in the East by a wide margin. Um, they can flip a switch. Now, I think that flip switching thing, I was always against that. 
I did see that it's actually true that they can do it. I still think it's playing with fire and it's not always going to work. You know, it, it took a series to get into it because against Indiana, the first game came down to a buzzer beater. You know, they, you know, that uh, CJ Miles missed. If they had, you know, he, they should have lost that game. But they weren't great that series. They were good and they beat Indiana and they had a big comeback in game three, which was awesome. But it took a little bit of time. And I think that all that rust, you know, from from just not playing great led to some bad habits, and which is why they lost game three. I think if they had been a more competitive team throughout the season, they would have developed the you know, late game habits that they would hold on to beat a team like Golden State. And I hope that they realize that and that they realize, hey, we need to play fresher, smarter, harder basketball in the regular season. Can't just flip a switch. I know you can flip a switch for the East, but you can't flip a switch for this Golden State team. You need to be a practiced team by the time you play them. You know, maybe it's a thing of they need to balance that and, you know, health and rest, so I understand, but I think they need to take that into account. Also learned that they should be the overwhelming favorites to win the East next year, too. I know a lot of teams are going to be improving, but you know this team still has LeBron James, and whatever team LeBron James is on is going to be a top three team in the NBA because he's that good. And uh, you know whether he leaves in a year or whatnot, that doesn't really matter for this season. So... It, they're still going to be the cream of the crop. They're going to have Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and unless Kevin Durant goes to, you know, the Boston Celtics and changes that dynamic, I think, uh, yeah, and even if that did happen, I'd still say they're the favorites in the East because they've just dominated the last three Eastern Conference playoffs. They lost one game in the Eastern Conference playoffs this year, two the year before, and two the year before that. They've swept... <laughs> they've swept one seeds and you know like the Atlanta Hawks and you know they beat up on Toronto this year which was last year's second best east team so they, I I there wasn't much to learn about the Cavaliers except that the bad habits came back they are the best team in the east LeBron James is the best player in the NBA even though you know Kevin Durant this Kevin Durant that Still LeBron James. He's still amazing. He's doing things that people aren't looking at because everyone wants to look at triple doubles when in reality, you know, field goal percentage and thing, other things like that are, are just so much more important, glaringly. But that's what we learned about the Cavs. What we learned about the Warriors, okay, they're a 73-win team that added Kevin Durant. They were amazing. They were just as good. And, and really, there wasn't much to learn. We already knew who they were. <laughs> they are who they thought. They are who we thought they were. And, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's They are that good. And as much as I don't, I don't even think Kevin Durant is hateable, but every time you mention this, you know, this ring, you look at a team that it's like, you know, do you weigh it against him that he had to leave and go to the Warriors to win a ring, you know, that he couldn't get over the hump. A lot of people like to criticize LeBron James for leaving and going to Miami, but, you know, at least he, he didn't join a team that was, you know, champions or that was already 
like the cream of the crop. He went and, you know, they built a super team on their own. He didn't start the super team. Boston started the super team. But it was the first time that, like, players kind of controlled the super team aspect. And when he did that, it, it changed a lot. But, you know, they weren't the favorites coming out of the gate. I mean, they were the favorites, but they weren't, the Heat weren't already the the favorites before he joined them. So, you know, this is slightly different in that it was already the best team in the NBA, and then they added Kevin Durant. So it's hard to not mention that one thing, you know, for, for him. Because, you know, it's, you just have to point it out. It's, it's fair. You know, it's on the table. You can look at it as, oh, you know, Kevin Durant needed them. Or did they need Kevin Durant to go over LeBron James? Like, that's two pretty valuable thoughts right there. But, you know, it's whatever. It's what happened. And maybe he'll be back. Maybe he'll leave. Yeah, i not so sure he's going to leave. But I wouldn't, you know, he's got a great thing going there. He's making a lot of money. It's not like he'd be making more leaving. So it's fine. I think uh, he'll stay there. So what do we learn about other fans? Well, that LeBron hate is pretty outstanding. And that if you can, it, a lot of people are stat pickers. And they will pick out things that they want to you know to tear someone down. I feel like that's a big baseball thing. You, know, you, you pick a stat to tear someone down or to bring them up. You can show, oh, this guy's slugging percentage the last two months is amazing. It's like... Yeah, you know that's a you know that's a baseball thing. With LeBron James, all the hate, it's just from his attitude. It's just and you know, it's it's nothing that he actually does on the court that people hate him for. It's uh, it's things like throwing a water bottle or uh, saying something in post game comments or not going to the post game press conference. You know, it's all of his hate. The hate for him is just pretty ridiculous. And I know you know that's what you get when you go on Twitter. You know, that's, that's basically the point of Twitter. That's, I, I love Twitter and I'm, I don't want it to change. So I'm, I'm always going to look at it like that, but it's just, it's, it's pretty crazy to see what he gets the hate for, but it's fine. You know, it's whatever. And there's a lot of uneducated people out there and they know how to use Twitter. There are a lot of educated people that just, you know, use the hate. And I know a few and that's fine. You, you know, you hate them. Uh, that's that's cool. That's your choice. Uh, but when it comes in the form of like, you know, just gifts and memes after games, is you know, just, it's it's like all the hate just stems from like the character portion of him, and not really the player portion. But as a player, he plays for the Cavs, and that's why I root for him. Um, I'm not going to root for him when he plays for another team. You know, if he ever leaves again. I didn't root for him in Miami, but that was more so because I just hated that he left. But I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not all about the drama. I know he likes to build that up, and I'm, I'm grateful for him for coming back to Cleveland and doing that. But I mean, you know, it's he's just a player on the Caps. That's why I'm a fan. And if that leads to me getting, you know, shat on every time they lose, that like, oh, how, what do you think now? It's like, well, what, what do you think? I think I'm, I'm a Cavs fan. So, you know, come at me, whatever. I don't, I don't understand that angle, but again, that's Twitter. So, And what did I learn about myself, right? The, the fourth thing that I wanted to learn. And that's basically that I don't care about the NBA. Uh, their announcers, 
reporters, the talking heads, and and other NBA fans. Because you know, if there was no team in Cleveland, I'd really have trouble watching. I I actually really like basketball. I love playing basketball, and I like watching basketball. I just it just seems very WWE to me recently. You know, they're just like building up storylines and drama and all this crap that like I don't really notice in the other leagues. I know NFL has a lot of like character issues and stuff like that, but the NBA just seems very like just crafted, you know, and 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 made for TV. It's just an interesting thought, and uh, and I'm just. I'm just not a big fan. I don't watch games outside of the Cavs. I really don't. Like, I watched a lot of Cavaliers games this year, but outside of the Cavs, I'm, I mean, not counting games that are just on in the background of parties or whatever, I, I literally did not sit down to watch a game. You know, I, I, I wouldn't sit down and watch just two teams play because – just listening to a lot of the people talk and it's it gets annoying. Um, I I used to really like Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. I really don't like them that much anymore. Um, all the guys at TNT they are just everything they say is just let's see what we can say that sounds ridiculous. And I love Shaq. He doesn't really fully make the most sense sometimes, but you know Charles Barkley can be really annoying too. It's it, there are just too much. There's too much crap out there. So that's what I learned is that I'm just only in it for the Cavaliers. I am not watching, you know, I'm not interested in what people are writing about and why this, why that. It's like, no, just a Cavaliers fan. I'm just watching the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they're my team. And that's what I do. That's what I watch sports for because I have these teams and I follow my teams. And when they lose, all right, what can they do to get better? When they win, Really gonna enjoy it, but I'm not here to you know watch the other teams. I'm not interested in that. And that's basically what I learned, and I kind of already knew that about myself. It just became that much more obvious to me. You know, the bottom line is I don't care what other people think too. And I, I pointed that out a little earlier, and. I'm not used to people speaking highly about my teams. So last year when they won, I was really excited to check out what everyone was saying. And I was pumped because I'm just used to having the loser teams, the teams that are losing 27 games in a row or the 1-15 in 15 Browns or you know, just Indians calling up prospects I've never even heard of that will never play on another team. You know, I'm used to those teams, You know, my teams being bad. And recently... You know, things have been going pretty good for my teams. Even though the Browns' season was really bad, they are at least building the, you know, from the ground up and they have a, fa- a strong foundation of how to build a team. Um, the Indians went to the World Series last year. Uh, they're now in first place again of the AL Central and they are just built to be a playoff team. And the Cavs have made it to three straight NBA Finals and they won one of them. So I'm, I'm, got a lot to be happy about right now with my teams and I usually just get crapped on for how bad my teams are so to take some joy in people speaking highly of them yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do that you know and and I got a little wrapped up in that last year because 
you know, then I realized, oh, the target on the back thing is not a lot of fun because everyone will just use anything they can just to throw shade or just crap on your team as much as they can, and it gets annoying. But, you know, it's whatever. That's it's kind of how it goes. So I'm learning a lot about that too right now. And it stinks, but whatever. You know, the other thing I forgot to point out, Kyrie Irving was amazing in the finals, and he did not get enough credit for how amazing his finishes were in the paint. And that LeBron James, anytime he wanted to do whatever he could, you know, he just did. He Like, no one could stop him. And the MVP, you know, the two years that the, that the Warriors won was the guy that went up against LeBron. When Iggy won it in 15... That was ridiculous because they were like, oh, he, he had the task of stopping LeBron. It's like, well, he didn't stop LeBron. You know, he, like, <laughs> he, he, that year was a weird year because there, you know, Steph didn't really play well in the finals. If anything, the MVP should have been a Steve Kerr uh, or the general manager or the owner for putting together this team because that was really how it was. You know, and it's not like anyone really stuck out that, that big for 2015. So when Iguodala won it after you know, tasked with stopping LeBron James, and he didn't really do that. They just, you know, were lucky, and no, not lucky. They were just a really good team, and we're fortunate that Kyrie Irving went down in game one, and Kevin Love was already in, injured. But, you know, it's whatever. This year, Kevin Durant won it because Kevin Durant was the most valuable player, but um, <laughs> it's just it's just funny hearing everybody just go crazy on the Cavs, and it's like, hold on, they were they were great. They just weren't great enough. You know, this team that they're going against, you kind of have to be perfect and hope the ball goes your way a couple times. And they were almost perfect in game four, which they led by like 18 points the whole game. And yet I still was never comfortable because that was how good the team was that they're going against. That's how strong it was. You know, and and that's why when they went 0-2 in games three and five, considering how well they played, it, I mean... That was that was the breaking point. I, f- I figured, okay, they were going to be Owen down 0-2 in goal after the Golden State games, you know, the games in California. But to lose games three and five after playing well, I was like, yeah, okay, then they're not going to win the series. <laughs> um, you know, and people want to also point out about the 2016 run. You know, before I move off of last year. Uh, you know, oh, if Draymond didn't punch a guy in the balls, you know, it, well, whose fault is that? You know, like, like I hate that that's, you know, that's who he is. He's inviting chaos. Like, if you have, you know, prime Ron Artest on your team, you are also getting the player who does crazy batshit bullshit all the time. So don't be, don't use that as an excuse. It's like, oh, if you get a guy that's always injured, Guess what? When he gets injured, you can't say, oh, well, you know, if he wasn't injured. It's like, well, that's the player. That's the player you have. If you have a guy who does things that Draymond Green does, you know, you take the bad with the good. So you have to, you know, it's unfortunate that he he got suspended for kicking a guy in the balls, but that's what he did. And it's not even like it was, he was like a repeat of defender. You know, so it's it's pretty crazy to be like, you know, all right, he should have had that already on his mind that like, hey, this might this might not go over well if I do it. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And 
and I, I'm going through my notes of other things I wanted to point out. You know, LeBron, we've seen do it on his own. You know, he, he built up the team, you know, as much as we want to say, like, oh, you know, he played with the super team, he's played with all-stars. You know, he, this this old Steph and Dre and, and Clay thing, they, they've always had each other to lean on. They're all great players, but they do talk a lot of shit for guys that have always been surrounded by really good players. So when it comes to like the trash talking department, you know, that's I, I hate seeing I mean, you know, Steph Curry talks a lot of trash for a guy who like, you know, after layups. It's pretty pretty wild. Especially the one layup where he was going nuts and was like, All right, you obviously double dribbled, but it was so fast and like nobody even picked it. I didn't even see it until they slowed it down on Bleacher Report. So you know, for for you to like talk that much garbage. I get that like backing it up is half the thing, but it's so easy to talk trash when you have superstars alongside you. You know, and you know, Russ Westbrook talks trash on his own and does everything on his own and then after the game if he loses he's like, Yeah, well I lost, whatever. So like I like Russell Westbrook for that. But Kyrie you never really see talking shit. Um, because he knows what it was like to be on a bad team, and he knows that he didn't, you know, do it on his own. And Love, same thing. You know, Love doesn't talk a lot of shit. Um, you know, when Kevin Durant had Russell Westbrook on his side, you know, they made one finals appearance, and they had another Western Conference Finals run where he fell short. You know, he's fallen short a whole lot, and he doesn't really talk shit a lot. And when he does talk shit, he really backs it up. Like, that's when you see, like, the fire in Kevin Durant, you know, because he knows how hard it is. And I honestly, I haven't seen LeBron celebrate a whole lot since he came back to Cleveland. I, I know he gets, like, pumped up, but, like, he does he does a lot of crowd work, so I understand that. But, you know, compared to what he did when he was in the early Cleveland years, when it was all about dancing and, and you know, all this and all that, he's been very focused ever since he came back. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but... He doesn't really he doesn't really celebrate a whole ton anymore. You know, he he does a couple glares, he he doesn't talk a ton of shit, but he does get in the faces of other players and he does this whole dramatic BS after the games where he like, you know, where whether he's basically subtexting and subtweeting, you know, whoever he's talking about in press conferences, which I don't like. So I guess that's somewhat on the same scale, but it's it's just seeing like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson during like them talking all this shit. It's like you you are surrounded by all stars and a great head coach, and you're expected to win. Like bragging about it, you know, it's it's very similar to like showing off in like video games where you're like yeah you beat the computer and you have like a stacked team. Like you know raise the bar for yourself a little bit maybe like you. you yeah, I, they have raised the bar, and everyone else notices it. It seems like sometimes they don't. You know, um, it, it's it seems like it's just a, a little spoiled and like an um, embarrassment of riches that they should kind of, you know, just like hey, maybe chill out a little bit with like the super flexing on a layup, like or or just the, I don't know. I that's just me ranting at this point because. 
they just bother me and rub me the wrong way sometimes. We actually did a a ranking of who we hate most from the teams, and you know, my cousin Pat has gone on the record of saying he hates Steph Curry more than any athlete ever. It's it passed Ben Roethlisberger, and I don't know. I, I I don't I don't hate him that much as much as he does. Um, I really don't like Clay Thompson. Uh, he rubs me the wrong way because he was he was really pissed off last year and talked so much garbage and then afterwards it was like what now what now and he just like couldn't he couldn't do anything and uh, his dad was talking a lot of shit for him and it's like yeah, this guy talks a lot of shit and then when push comes to shove he cowers away um draymond i at least i mean i don't like him either but he's the type of guy that i would root for if he was on my team because I know like what it's like to have like passionate players and stuff like that, but you know the nut kicking, not a fan of, and just like the constant chat. I'm like, damn, I, I hate that shit. So I'm, you know, Dre and Clay are the two that I really don't like a lot. And I mean, I also don't like Steph Curry because of like what I said before the bragging and stuff like that. But whatever, Iggy is one I really don't like because, and that's just a, that's not even anything he does. It's just, he's getting these wide open dunks because his four teammates are getting all the attention. So it's like, yeah, no duh, you're getting wide open dunks. Like it's basically, you're basically looking good because you suck. You know, him and Zaza Pachulia, you know, and uh, Sean Livingston or any of these role players who did a good job being a role player, it's so easy to be a role player on these teams. You know, you have you're on the floor constantly with three all stars, and sometimes four. Like, it's just so frustrating because it's like, well, yeah, what do you what are you gonna do? Like, you're gonna you know trap Andre Iguodala so Kevin Durant can have a wide open dunk. That's kind of what they did in game one. Is they just let oh yeah we'll just keep the lane wide open and hopefully they'll never kick to three pointers and make those because those are basically as good as layups for them. But just seeing that Andre Ugudala and all these guys getting, you know, bang out wide open shots. It's like, all right, yeah, we get it. You can make a wide open three or a dunk when no one's in the paint. Like I get that, but to see them look so good, that's really frustrating. Um, the fi finally, I'll point out, I'm never going to compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan's prime was when I was five, six years old. Like, let's be real. Anytime I hear anyone under, like, 35 talking about Michael Jordan, I'm like, all right, yeah, but you didn't really watch him. And you didn't really, like, and even if you were, like, 15 years old and you're watching him, I think you just heard his name a lot on TV. You know, you just... You know, you heard, oh, Michael Jordan's good, and he scores a lot of points, and he looks really good doing it. But and I hate these comparisons because it just doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? Like, it doesn't matter. The fact that you're talking about, is LeBron better than Michael Jordan? Like, the, the fact that you're having that conversation means he's in the same building. He's in the same conversation with him. So... I like those conversations when the career is over and it's like, okay, well, now let's look back and now let's talk about it. But the fact that it's like we're still – we're talking about that right now, I'm like this is ridiculous. It was all anyone could talk about this playoff run. 
It was the only thing, and it was so wildly annoying because I really don't care. I thought that there were a lot of really good points on both sides, but then I'm like, oh, you know what? I've never really watched Michael Jordan. I, my dad didn't watch a lot of basketball when I was growing up, so like it just wasn't on. So we didn't really watch Michael Jordan, like, and and even if I did when I was that age, what is seven, eight year old Jake Brainy gonna know about how good he is? Like, oh, I can't really fully appreciate everything that he does. That's so well. So it's it's just like basically listen to a little kid's opinion when a lot of people are talking about him. And that's why I like to see older people talk only. But to see, like, my generation could do this comparison, I'm like, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, and I'm never going to be the guy that does that comparison while LeBron's playing because I'm like, well, full body of work isn't even done yet and we're having this conversation. So, you tell me. All right, so I think I'm done with my 30-minute rant about the Cavs. I was going to talk Bachelor in Paradise. I know that's a little crazy right now, but I uh, didn't even have time for it. So uh, that'll be next week. And uh, maybe we'll have more details about Corinne and Demario and all that stuff. And we'll probably get to the movies too. Maybe do a uh, movie review of one of my all-time favorites, Jaws. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Movie review of Jaws. And... Uh, We'll do Bachelor Talk, and we'll preview my OBX episode, which is going to be a ton of fun. Going to be in the Outer Banks in two weeks. Really excited. Family reunion, 34th year. Going to have a lot of special guests on. Going to relive a lot of fun memories, uh, play some games, and that'll be great. So listen out for the OBX episode. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. See you guys next week. i